Life is complex. So is our mental health. It cannot be understood by diagnosis alone. Our philosophy is treat the person, not the mental illness. Well, welcome to our first podcast. This is Humanizing Mental Health. I am Jeremy Alcorn, and I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Trent Akers. Uh, this first episode, we're really looking at and reflecting on what what brought us to this position, a uh, decision around wanting to to put this together, and, and really what uh, what is this uh, podcast going to be about? Yeah, yeah, you know, and and I kind of when I think about that, you know, I almost think of. Uh, a mission statement because you know when you go on you kind of think okay what begins a journey like what is our purpose you know they always say it's about the journey but you also have to kind of have a destination idea of where we're going and what we want to learn along the way so you know what what do you want to learn Jer? yeah you know that's a really good question that is actually an amazing question because i always thought about what is it i'm going to do for someone else, mm-hmm. and uh, and and this really is a, a process in which everything that we get involved with, uh, it, it also shapes our, ourself, and, um, and and maybe that's a big part of the reason why I wanted to do this to to be to begin with. Um, initially, I I started uh, by being invited into another podcast, uh, mm-hmm. here about a, a year ago in our community, mm-hmm. there was, um, what they call a, a contagion suicide okay. in which individuals, um, in the, a particular group, um, had multiple people had, had died and there, there just wasn't enough resources in our, our system mm-hmm. to be able to truly support and deal with this, this process. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, at the time, I had been working for the Alberta Health Services uh, Addiction and Mental Health, and, and, and I could see that from the inside, that uh, it, it felt like we were that little kid, mm-hmm. that Dutch kid, in Holland, with with the, the the dike that saw, hey, there's a crack in that, you know, and um, hmm, that dam is probably gonna just burst open. So, I'm gonna put my finger in there, and yeah. I, and I'm gonna just sit here forever, mm-hmm. holding the entire wave of of water from crushing this uh, community, and of course uh, that was impossible. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, some some people from the community decided that this needs to be something. That is not just a formalized process mm-hmm. for people's wellness, and and they they formed an organization and it asked me to join them. So that was that was really my starting point. All right, yeah. So kind of you were going from being the little Dutch boy to now we're kind of gonna. You want to be an engineer. You want to look at the whole dam and say rather than going crack by crack, we're just gonna try and not really meet remake the dam, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna try and really slather on some new concrete, and we're gonna kind of get in everybody else so that we can work together as a community to kind of build our dam better. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, in some ways, it's like maybe maybe some of the the ways that we have considered or, or thought about uh, our wellness are outdated. Um, per- perhaps that infrastructure mm-hmm. uh, is not what we need anymore, and we we need to relook at that. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I th- I think that's a really good point, and. Uh, 
really for me i think that's one of the reasons why i wanted to join in on this because as you look at how knowledge grows and when it, when you when you're in academics and i've been in academics for a great number of years and i mean new ideas come in and as a clinician or whoever you are you disseminate it out into the public but it's kind of it's kind of like getting groceries to the store getting bananas to the store i mean they look yellow and they look healthy but i mean you take them home you eat them and i mean they they start to go brown so rather than having to truck the bananas in, why don't we grow the banana tree right there with people and kind of change the bananas or maybe develop new vegetables right as people need them so that we can have the nutrients that they need to make them as healthy as possible. For sure. I think you're talking about this this foundation of wellness. Um, so for, for, for me, when when I had this opportunity to... Uh, sit down and speak with uh, some people on a podcast and really be open and, and kind of raw and, mm-hmm. and hear their stories and, and hear um, some things. I just went, man, I, I, I want to, I want to continue this. Uh, in fact, I, I think that there's maybe a bit of a concept or an idea that I, I want to really promote. And, um, and, and from there I thought, I don't want to do this alone. And when, when I was considering who is it that I would want to be involved in that? And, and, and honestly, there wasn't even any, any other person that came to mind when it came to being, having a co-host um, because of the, just the knowledge and um, the, the uh, ability that I see in you, Trent. And I thought, when we want to create something that is talking about um, seeing the human and not a disease or a disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it just felt like that was going to be a really good fit. Yeah, no, and uh, and uh, thank you. And I, and I really appreciate that. I'm, you know, uh, it's taken me years to, to grow my knowledge. You know, it's, it's, I didn't wake up this intelligent, you know, I had raw intelligence, but you, you, oh, you know, and I mean, anybody who knows me, you know, I read like two, three books a month. You know, I will recommend to you, you know, five or six books. And I mean, probably at one point you're like, okay, I'm going to just need a shelf and like just a library just on all the stuff that you re- that I recommend to you. And um, yeah, and I must admit that, you know, I've slowed down as of late, but that's because, you know, I'm kind of reaching a plateau and I'm thinking to myself, okay, what's the new area that I need to go into? Um, but when you say see the human in the disease model, I think for myself, and I mean, for those of you that are, you know, maybe have seen me in medicine, and for those of you that are just listening to me for the first time, you know, since you're not literally right in front of me, and even though I'm sitting in it, I am a wheelchair user. I've been a wheelchair user for about 34 years. Uh, I have cerebral palsy. It's... It's something that I would say has really enhanced my life. I would never say um, that I I never have a day where I don't have a down day, but I would never truly give up my disability because even though it has disabled me, and I never want to get rid of the term disability because there is a disadvantage in my life, it's also, it's kind of been like a funnel or almost been like as you form metal it's formed me into who i am and rather than seeing it even though it's a disability as a disadvantage i see it as my springboard for empathy and understanding and it's brought me here with you 
Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I, I hope this is okay, uh, Trent, for me to share an experience that I, that I had with you that really, I think, describes what we're talking about when we're talking sure. about humanizing mental health, because uh, mental health is, is not something that just lives inside you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 as Daniel Siegel talks about, there's really um, three aspects of your mind, and not all of them are inside your body. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the mind is this emergent uh, entity that that exists in connections, and some of those connections are neurological in your skull and in your skin. Mm-hmm. Some of those connections have to do with people that are in your life that's literally a part of your mind. Mm-hmm. And some of those connections have to do with your connection to your physical environment. And and so, w- w- one of the things that really uh, jumps out to me is I, I remember this experience in, in which you said, you said, hey, hey, uh, hey Jeremy, I, I got this assignment and um, I'm really hoping that, that I could interview you uh, f- for this. And, um, and, and so, we, we, we met up and you, you had a, a caregiver with you at the time mm-hmm. and uh, for transportation and so forth. Realistically, they, they, didn't, they didn't need to be in the meeting, but they, but they were, not, not that I, I wouldn't be welcoming. Mm-hmm. It's just that then I remember at the end of the meeting, I said, Trent, they can't see past your chair. Yeah, and you know, and and that's that's something that I really have struggled with. And for me, it's it's a hot button issue. I mean, just the the level of infantilization. I mean, as I've grown older, I mean, you know, I will brush it off. And for for those that I meet me, and I'll, I will probably spit out a few very large words every once in a while. I always have an expansive lexicon. Um, and for me, that is partially because I am intelligent, but for me, that's also my defense mechanism because people will see me within a certain embodied self where, okay, yes, that, that is me, that is my embodied self, but I'm also active outside of that. And, you know, it, it's really, it's about what, how do we appear to other people and how much of who we are and how other people perceive us are we going to internalize and really how much of that is going to be our narrative and how and are we going to how much are we going to allow other people to write and how much are we going to be an author and be a co-author with other people for sure and and when you when you describe this um, because we want to be empowered in ourself and at the same time people those connections are part of our mind. Mm-hmm. And so literally, this individual in your life that, uh, that, that really didn't, couldn't see past the chair, uh, it, it has this impact. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I would hope and I, and I think that some of that impact gets mitigated um, as the conversation that we have after when I'm like, Trent, that person can't see past your chair. Then all of a sudden that part of you that it ha- that is connected has 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 a buffer has something that balances out mm-hmm. um, that someone can see this someone knows someone can identify that mm-hmm. this isn't okay mm-hmm. and and the way that that's happening isn't all, isn't all right um, for for sure yeah well and you know i really like that um, especially what you say because i you know people 
talk about the fact that, you know, like we have the sense of ourselves and that, that we're consistent all the way through. But really, it's the people that we have in our lives and the various settings that really allow us to express and activate various parts of ourselves. And that's why it's so key and so important that when you're surrounding, when you're having people in your life, you have to ask yourself when you're thinking, okay, how is this person for me? Are they healthy for me? What parts of them are really expressing who we are, who you are as an individual? And is that a healthy part of yeah. yourself? Yeah. And what is that dialectic like between the two of you? Right. Are you healthy for them and are they healthy for right. you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, in fact, I want to take that example mm-hmm. of, you know, being in the restaurant with you and seeing that dynamic happen, talking to you about it later. And, and, and then there's this mirror experience that happened and we, we gone to a show, probably some superhero movie. Yeah. That's the way it works, right? Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm probably one of those DC ones that were just garbage. <laughs> garbage. Man, why, yeah. did we, why did we even go to that? Well, we go to that because, like Superman, we have unending hope. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But, but anyway, we come out of the show, and, um, and, and someone just sees you, and, and I could see them light up. And, and they come towards you, and, and they start talking to you. And, uh, and, and this person, if I didn't know better, um, I would say they had an Austrian accent because they had the muscles to go with it. Like, hello, Trenton. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, was, I didn't know that I knew Schwarzenegger. Oh, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure you don't. Um, but, uh, but, but it was clear that this person you knew from, from the gym. And, uh, and, and they, they were talking to you, and I could see they see Trenton. Mm-hmm. They see Trent. They don't see the wheelchair. Hmm. Yeah, and you know, it's I. I'm trying to think who that is because the first, like, when I first think of an Austrian accent, there there are two people that come to mind. One is my physiotherapist that I had when I was a small child, which I don't think I saw him there. And then the other one is a large a German nurse that used to work. Um, you know, as a psychiatric nurse years ago, honestly, um, that, 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 that's what I'm, I'm going down a tangent, but I'll say one of the greatest things about my disability, I may not be able to travel the world, but bits and pieces of the world come to me. Um, and, and just returning to your point, because I don't want, you know, our listeners and I'm thinking, okay, he's digressing. He's going down a rabbit hole and I'm sitting. This here is what we do though, right? Yeah. No, no, I no, mean, no. I say something about Arnold Schwarzenegger and next thing you know, this is where we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, next thing you know, I'm getting a, men, a metal exoskeleton to go along with my uh, mechanized chair. Yeah. Becoming a $6 million man. Oh yeah. But you know, then I need to have the, uh, red jumpsuit and and you know the eye and i just don't have the hair like lee majors does yeah yeah you're you're right you don't got the hair no no i don't you know i mean you made that joke years ago of me being professor x i still call you x i know but i'm slow (laughs) i'm slowly getting there and it's just it's driving me nuts well well yeah i mean fair fair enough i'm not sure how many people could make that reference
difference and you'd be okay with it that you know that your professor actually really had to do with you know your brain and you know you get around with wheels just like him had nothing to do with baldness no no although i will say this the two people that they've had playing professor x mcavoy and stewart i mean come on that's not bad if they're going to play me in in a biography okay i'm cool with that all right i'll uh, i'll put in a word for you all right fair enough good old captain picard yeah so uh so as as we we connect into this and we go mm-hmm. okay hey um i'm looking for somebody that i that i that i wanted that i felt like really um matched what i was trying to to accomplish and what what i saw um like in in you uh trying to actually fit that that is to say um, this position of humanizing our experience mm-hmm. and, uh, and with the, the variety of, of things that you brought to that. So that, that, this partnership really, I think, formed in, in that way. Mm. And, and of course, with years of time in which we just spent together um, and, uh, and, and forming what, what becomes, like I said, part of your mind. Our mind is in our connections. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you think about that because I was, I, I was reading a study a while ago or it may have been, uh, I was watching a documentary. And it's really interesting when you think about it. Actually, they, they looked at um, inner conversations that people will have with themselves. And during times of stress, individuals will actually talk to themselves. And at times, too, they'll, they'll even visualize other people. So if, if you think about it, almost from um, various psychological theories, I, I can talk about you know internal family systems. Or for those of you that may be familiar with Virginia Satir, it's just, it's sort of, you internalize certain people, you know, whether it be, you could be, you know, sort of my... My my logical part of my mind when I'm very stressed, or you know when I need somebody to calm me down, or maybe for you, I don't know how how you would internalize me. Um, you know, maybe when you're thinking about superheroes, you know, and sort of that fun-loving person, maybe that's who, you know, that part of me in you pops up. In fact, I love the fact that you bring up Virginia Satir. I haven't thought of Virginia Satir for a long, long time. In in my my master's paper, it was one of the foundational theories. Her um, communication uh, theories, and it was it, it was really a big deal because for. For um, for Virginia Satir, it's really all about once again connection, particular connection. She uh, is where I really learned about communicating beyond the words, particularly when you you talk about touch, and mm-hmm. uh, and you talk about the interconnectedness of people. She had this idea, this metaphor: take a a piece of yarn and tie it to every single person in your family, and every single time you move, it tugs on everybody. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting that you bring that up because when you're talking about the web of connection, now this is bringing me back to my master's because we were doing um, a thing on intergenerational trauma and specifically around um, Aboriginal communities. And when people are taken out of that web forcefully, whether it be um, 
painfully, of course, what would happen with the residential schools or even through the natural course of death. It's that web is changed, um, you know, and it's all about how does that impact the individual? How does that impact the larger community? And how do we keep that, that web together and keep those strands strong? For sure. In fact, you, you talk about this and it just jumps out at me. What is it that we're trying to do? What we're trying to do is we're trying to get some attention on wellness. Mm-hmm. And uh, because so much of the data out there is is very focused on disease. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, okay, w- w- what do you do for depression? And, and, and maybe some of the, the answers that they're talking about in terms of exercise and connecting with other people and you know, doing a, a behavioral process to, uh, to get yourself going, mm-hmm. cognitive therapy. Um, some of these things, they are good and, and wonderful things. Um, it, it's just that why, why are we so concentrated on disease? Um, and, 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 and being clear that, that those are not actually the problems. We're talking about symptoms. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what does it mean to humanize uh, something? Uh, today, someone... Had, had called in and, and had wanted to book an appointment and mm-hmm. um, not knowing who I am, of course, it was fantastic. They wanted to know a little bit about me. And as I started to talk about my experience and talking about uh, training at the Calvary Counseling Center and, and, and then working for the military for a couple of years, and they said that I worked for uh, Alberta Health Services mm-hmm. for whatever that was, 13 years, you know, in that DSM model. And and understanding that medical model, but also understanding that we are not walking diseases. No, no, we're not. You know, like, like when, when I think of walking diseases, like the image that kind of comes to my mind is how do we view disease? Disease is something that we want, that we want to get away from, that we, that we want to get rid of. And, you know, it's, we don't want to get away from humanity. Humanity is the point. Like it's, it's, it's coming back to Carl Rogers. It's coming back to that connection. It's coming back to even the iceberg model of the disease. What we're experiencing, that's the tip. Let's let's boil down or let's drill down. Let's get a real core sample of our iceberg. And you know, if you really look at that, if if, if any of you out there have ever looked at core samples of icebergs, it's really interesting because as an iceberg grows and changes, there'll be various layers. You know, it, it's almost like a part of a tree. Like if you, if you take a core sample out of a tree, various rings will grow, they'll change. And that's really kind of what forms people for who they are. So like we're looking at the surface. Let's get below the surface and let's see what kind of brought that about. And let's find the healthiness and let's nurture that. Yeah, so um, for a long time, I felt I felt like I was rescuing people out of a river. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I'm running up and down the banks, and there's a bunch of people that are in the river, and I'm I'm throwing them stuff and helping pull them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but but really, the upstream there's a bridge, yeah. And the the bridge is broken, mm-hmm. 
And nobody's telling people the bridge is broken. Nobody's going to fix the bridge. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just pulling people out of the river. Yeah, yeah. So you're throwing them the CBT uh, life raft. You're, thro- you're throwing them the eat healthy water wings. And it's like, okay, wait, let's talk about, okay, those things are great. But w- let's go back up and let's say, okay, how do we integrate that even before so that they know that that's coming up so that when they reach that, that they've got the wood, they've got the tools. So maybe maybe they don't jump the bridge, but maybe what we want to do, and, and I, you and I talked about this before we had sat down, but how do you take that previous, all that stuff and, you know, not just float down the river, but really integrate it into your life so you can build that bridge all the way across? Yeah, for sure. Like it, it circles back to what we were talking about before, about the that, that little kid in Holland, putting his finger in the dike to stop the the flood that this position is we're spending so much time um in in the part of mind that is the individual um Mm -hmm. and and that's not unimportant it's important Mm -hmm. um so we're spending so much time there and some of that is that cognitive therapy and and, and a range of other types of therapy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and some of it is medication, and there's a place for that. Yeah. Um, it's just that, that we're, we're missing the boat around that the, the number of people that are experiencing mental illness is continually increasing. Yeah. And what, I think what we're missing the boat on is that this is a symptom, not of just individuals. It's, it's a symptom of a society that is not healthy and and the social recovery um, humanizing mental health is about humanizing the the individual and about how is it that we start to create a healthy tribe yeah absolutely so yeah like no no man is an island and no tree should be seen alone but really we're, we're trying to work with the tree and we're also trying to make the forest healthy so that the biome the person in the environment as you and i have talked about you know like we're, we're trying to bring all of those connections back so that the web is really to that point of healthiness um because i mean i may not have the same level of um clinical experience as you but i remember you know, whenever I've done my depression and anxiety groups, yeah, like that, that's really the first two nights is like looking at the factors, like uh, the nine nodes of depression and anxiety. And we may look at all of these nine nodes individually, you know, whether it be healthy eating or whether it be, you know, your symptoms of depression. But if you deal with those in isolation, it's it's like putting out spot, spots in a fire. You need to deal with it all at once and see how they're all interconnected. For sure. In fact, it, it reminds me of, a, of another uh, kind of metaphor, something that happens in nature. Um, I remember a neighbor that had just brilliant grass and my grass, well, it's not brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I was asking, hey, what, what weed killer and stuff do you use on this? And they just said, I don't. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they, they said, you see, because of the, the process that I go through in, um, in getting the grass healthy, mm-hmm. it grows so thick, weeds can't grow in it. Mm. I like it. Yeah. So if 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 we build up the resiliency that even if those do come along, they can't, you know, like they can't the, take root. They can't take root. They might be there momentarily, 
you know, because we we can't say that we're you're never going to have a life where you're not going to have struggle. For sure. Struggle. In fact, that wouldn't be human. No, no. You know, like I, you know, we could you imagine what it would be like if you lived in a world where everything was perfect? Perfection would kind of lose its luster. It would actually be boring. I almost think of that quote from Captain Kirk. It's one of my favorites, you know, where he says, risk, risk is our business. That's what this starship is about. That's why we're aboard her. That's what life is about. It's about risk. We're going to give you the tools. We're going to have these connections so that you can go out there and you can have your risk. It's so funny you say that, man, because I was totally thinking of Spock. I was like, man, I do not want to live like a Vulcan. That's not good. Well, but at the same time, too, you know, I mean, Vulcans are cool, but you also have to wonder what's going on underneath Spock. You know, like, because he keeps those emotions and everything tamped down, and then every seven years, he's got Pong Far. He's going off the deep end. He's battling Kirk. He's, you know, being rude to. To, I was gonna say Nurse Ogawa, but that's that, that's mess, um, Nurse Chapel. Do we really want to be Spock? Do we really want to be rude to our friends and mean to ourselves, or do we want to have that nice, gentle release and and recognize our emotions, being able to keep them in balance? For sure, being and, able and, to live with all of our feelings. Absolutely. And sometimes they're really, really big, mm-hmm. and uh, and and that's that's why we can't do it alone that's why we need a tribe absolutely i mean if you think about it and because uh, i think you and i have talked about this with little kids you know like where um parents will help a child like when they're going beyond their window of tolerance or their their ability to handle things and you know like the parent will say okay you know, like, let's talk about this. Let's peel it back. That really, if, if you think about I mean, I know they say some of us never truly grow up, and some people don't. You've seen my office. I got all sorts of toys and stuff in dude, there, you know, yeah. Superman, Batman. You're sitting so beside uh, a Spider-Man teddy bear. That's right. That's, yeah. that's, from, that's yeah. actually from, from, that's a Build-A-Bear, isn't yeah. it? You built that bear. I built that bear mm-hmm. on my niece's fifth birthday. But yeah, and you know what? And then yeah. you named him Pedro? <laughs> no. Hey, come on, man. Why, why can't there be a, a Spanish Spider-Man? <laughs> oh, I, 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 think, I think there is a Pedro Parker. Uh, and I, yes, I can roll my art, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I have a very talented tongue. I'm not an ego Montoya, but anyway, um, but really the um, the microcosm of how you think about we are we're, they talk about you know in order to raise a good society we need good children and we need to provide them that solid base. Why does that solid base go away when we magically become adults or when we magically become teenagers? Why is it we go from having being a chain of islands to being a baby island to then being an island onto ourselves? We're all still connected. We also have that child inside of us that needs to be nurtured. And the child is connected to the adult. Yeah, for sure. In fact, I, like... In, in multiple ways, this fits, right? Like, you, you've got that in terms of your outside connections. Um, and, and, and also, you have that inside of yourself. Mm-hmm, yeah. That is, how is it that I am a healthy person? 
um, if I truly can connect with what I need, which is a, an attached connection, right, that's yeah. not only from other people, that's also from me. Can I treat myself with kindness? Absolutely. You're respect? an internalized attachment figure. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that, that's exactly it. You, um, you, I, those are the... Those are the words. The internalized <laughs> attachment figure. That is the that is the stuff. Yeah, well no, and, and you know, that that is one of the most brilliant things kind of about attachment theory. Like, you know, that they say that we carry uh, pieces of our parents with us wherever we go, or that we eventually become, you know, our father or mother. A lot of us. Hey, look take at, it easy. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I am not Mr. Alcorn. That's my dad. <laughs> I don't care how old I get. I might be forty-four years old, but, but don't call me sir. <laughs> Thank you, Shell, for finding Nemo. And now we've done the Disney trifecta. We, you know, okay. Um, but yeah, but eventually, what it really is is that. For those people that have like that are there with us, and you know this, I'll just you know explain this to the home audience um, that we really do we we internalize visions of those individuals, and those become our attachment figures. So they can either teach us to like self-soothe and calm us down, or if they're not a great attachment figure, which let's be honest, there's some people out there that are like that you know that we don't learn those skills and we may become more anxious more upset or even you know where we're maybe even a little bit rageful because we haven't had that person to kind of be there with us help us we learn from the outside in yeah for sure from the outside in yeah in fact it's interesting you say that because i think that is true and it's also true as a mirror, that is to say, the outside mirrors the inside, the inside mirrors the outside. So there's internal things uh, that influence the part of mind that's outside. There's, you know, the part of mind that's outside influences the internal. Um, and in, in fact, I think that's a great lead-off point for, for us to talk about. From here, where do the conversations go? Now, we, we talked about a, a kind of a few different things um, some of the the content that we're looking at uh, um, at, at getting into uh, things such as the the person and environment model understanding exactly more about what we just mm-hmm. were discussing uh, we talked about um, some content that would be around the personal inside the professional um, being um, you know dropping down that that professional guys a little bit and allowing that personal self to come out some of mm-hmm. our own personal stories and how they relate to being human. Uh, we, we, we talked about phones and how phones have become a very um, disconnecting thing um, and, and potentially having someone come on to talk about uh, how that interferes with people's connection. Mm-hmm. We talked about maybe having some um, uh, people on to talk about just some of their life experiences uh, we and we talked about potentially youth mental health, um, eating disorders, uh, understanding uh, suicide and and risk of suicide, mm-hmm. um, and and I think some of these topics will be really good for us to delve into in a way in which we're not looking at this from uh, some disease position, but that we're looking at it from. Uh, a human beings that are experiencing life. Yeah, the old technical term, like a person's lived reality. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, on that note, 
perhaps we'll um, wrap things up. Do you have any last comments? Uh, well, um, I just hope that our listeners come along with us on this journey. It, this was a uh, wonderful maiden voyage. If I would have cr- had a bottle of champagne, I would have cracked it over uh, our My mics. head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, man, take it easy. <laughs> no, no, okay. Well, we're not getting to that point yet. Uh, no, but, you, you can't reach me from there anyway. Yeah, so. A good old bottle of Chateau Picard, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Cool. Yeah, thanks. This podcast is intended as general information. We are glad that you joined us today. We hope this message has been as meaningful to you as it has been to us. If you're looking for help, you can find us on Facebook at Humanizing Mental Health or at humanizingmentalhealth.ca.